It's April 13, 2022. This is Rare Encounter, encounter number 93. And where diarrhea is a running joke, I'm Abel Kirby. And whipping my trauma strands back and forth, I'm cold acid. <laughs> Your trauma strands? What's a yeah, trauma strand? Yeah, my trauma strands. It sounds it's e- these things that you pull out of yourself and throw up to higher dimensions. That's true. Oh, boy. You, pl- you pluck them out like the, uh, like, uh... I don't know what it's like, like pulling a, a hair out of a pore. How do you? Pl- how well, do that's kind of what that's kind of what they make it look like in those videos. That uh, mum mum and daughter uh, folia do. Yeah, are these the horse healer people? Yes, yes, they yes. are. I, I can't get in. I can't get enough of them. I, I I will like watch their videos for hours on end because they're unintentional asthma and it's just like so fucking ridiculous the things they say it's like it's it's comedy and relaxing all at the same time that's true i've only seen them once or twice and they were either talking about horses or they were talking about trees and how the trees feel what do you think this tree feels yeah, you, you got to start with the cool trees first the cool trees the, the grass won't listen unless the trees are doing it I love it. I love it. Uh, so you've been living it's in... Fucking, it's fucking great, man. You don't you don't need drugs when you got those two around. Yeah. Man, we've got uh, we got some stuff going down in Ohio. Unfortunately, it's not uh, healing healing videos or whatever. Uh, horse healing videos. Um, we do have some farm stuff in the news. Ooh, I like the sound of that, though. Before I get started, uh, I kind of missed this last time because I cheated. Um, yeah, I, cheater. I just opened a... Uh, Summer Shandy uh, Weiss beer with natural lemon flavor, and it's a linen log ligures. I can't pronounce the uh, the name of this. It was in Ligur? the uh, yeah. Maybe the chat room can come up with the correct uh, phonetic pronunciation for me, but I do not have it. Maybe phonetic. the chat room can come up with the spelling for it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. this is just a this is just a fruit punch haritos today. Aha, haritos. Yeah, so in Ohio, we have uh, some election stuff going on. You know, we have the primaries are coming up. I think it's uh, I think it's the first week in April. And uh, there's Mike DeWine is running for governor again. But he doesn't, you know, all the drama is he just declined the invitation to be in the primary uh, debate. And then they canceled the debate because they said, well, if the governor is not in the, uh, the primary, then, you know, there's no point. Um, and there's a couple, couple people running uh, to try and primary him out. One of them, I think, is a state rep who no one seems to like very much. And uh, the big one is this guy Joe Blystone, who is you'd like this guy. He's got like a full beard. He's a farmer and he owns a steakhouse uh, on the other side of Columbus. Sweet. <laughs> and he is completely supported as far as i can tell by independent media and podcasts and you know little facebook groups and stuff because he's not getting he's our guy he's he's our guy uh as we've been i've been talking with him uh with a couple folks about him uh, lately so he seems like he's on the right track for the state he's very much a libertarian constitutionalist kind of character and uh, I can't say I'm a hundred percent if you go down this all his statements uh, you know but he's the closest fit to the kind of guy I would vote for. So I'm all on trained Blystone. 
And uh, the polling, I think he was at below nine points or something like that the first time I heard of him. And then as of late, he was up in the upper 20s. And Mike DeWine has taken a hit. He keeps rolling off at the same time Blystone gets, uh, gets a little boost. So, But the drama, I'm here to tell you about the inside story, the drama, and I've, uh, happened at the, I believe it was called the Beef Convention. And so we had a beef at the Beef Convention. A beef at the Beef Convention. <laughs> we, we, wow. had, we had, DeWine was there doing his uh, governor stuff, you know, he's campaigning and um, Joe Blystone was there and they had some altercation where one of them grabbed the other and allegedly they're yelling at each other and uh, not so nice words were said uh, by the governor. So it's uh, it's hearsay and no one can get a good recording of it, but it's uh, it's spicy, good spicy local politics. I love it. Nice. Our, we've got our provincial election coming up at the beginning of June, but uh, there's no win- there's no winners there. There's only losers. Yeah, I like the uh, beef squared comment by Cotton Gin. Yeah, says, nice uh, Cotton Gin. He says that uh, so we'd have beef by beef, which is beef squared. That means Wendy's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Wendy's hasn't been the same. I, a lot of people will pinpoint the especially I think Gen Xers will point to the decline of Wendy's was when they got rid of the salad bar and then Dave Thompson died. Wait, there was a salad bar? They, we, ne- I never saw any salad bars at any of the Wendy's here. It was a long time ago, I'm told. I've never seen one. I, maybe once when I was a kid, you know, it's sort of in the same memory bank where they had a smoking section in Denny's. You know, it's, uh, it's about that same place. It was a while ago. From what I've heard and seen of Denny's, I would think the smoking section in one of those would probably be the healthiest part. <laughs> Yes, they just moved the smoking section to the kitchen now. Uh, that's a little cook joke for you. <laughs> <laughs> I cracked myself up. Oh, Lord. Son of the bitch! So that aside, uh, I've been poking around Ohio a little bit more. I'm going to have another update, like a big rundown of the cool stuff and the, the not-so-cool stuff. Um, but there is only one other thing I wanted to mention, which is bats. Bats. We going to kill the Batman? Get it. Cold acid. We're going to kill the Batman. No, they have bats. Bats uh, hanging out in town, and I can hear them for once uh, now that I'm not living uh, too close to a city. Uh, It's quiet at night, um, and every once in a while a car goes by. But I was sitting sitting outside of a local establishment the other day, um, and uh, I was talking to some people, and the the girl I was talking to, she turns over and says, Do you hear that? She's completely confused and i started listening and it was the high-pitched chirping like the 15 kilohertz kind of uh little uh tweeting and i haven't heard that in a long time but we used to have bats in new hampshire where i grew up so i recognized the sound i said oh shit that's bats there's a bunch of bats across the street you know hanging out in the chimneys and stuff so it was a little uh rare encounter with the bats you know what's nice about bats they eat mosquitoes they eat bugs and they eat a lot of them oh yeah and they're cool, except for when I remember as a kid, we found a bat hanging out at our house, but it was like a sick bat. You know, it was the middle of the day and the bats. Hanging oh, it was out a there. COVID bat. It was like a rabies bat, more like it. And they, uh, I just, that's a little creepy when you get like the, the clearly sick animals hanging around with, you know, the nocturnal animals bumping around in the middle of the day. That makes you worry a little bit, but 
Oh, well. Did you know that one quarter of all uh, mammals uh, in in terms of their classification, not of if you take the number of mammals and divide it by four, they're not one quarter bats, but the number of kinds of mammals divided by four, uh, it's supposed to be uh, 25% bats. So I'm told. So I've heard. So, so the trivia fact goes, which is misleading. What it really means is there's just a lot of different kinds of bats. It doesn't necessarily mean there was any more or less uh, than, uh, than before you made the claim. It's just, uh, just a little, I don't want to say fun fact. It's a little, uh, interesting tidbit. Mm-hmm. So long as they, so long as they aren't passing the coof, I'm happy. Yeah. So there we go. We got bats, we got Blystone and, uh, you know, I found out about that guy. I didn't mention this part yet, but he just has, someone has a tractor, a trailer, like a, uh, a full size box, uh, box truck kind of box parked in a field and I drive by it every day and it just says Joe Blystone on the side. So I ended up after a couple months of driving by, I had to look him up. That's we got his. bitcoins as well, by the way. Oh, uh, come again. Yeah, we got bitcoins as well. We should probably, uh, we should probably cover our, uh, our donors before we go any further. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So we started off with, uh, just right after last week's show, with a hundred sats out of Carolyn Blaney, who said, "Who said, yo, yay, rare encounter, <laughs> yo, yay, carblades, yay, carblades." We took those sats right out of her. Yeah, <laughs> Surgi- then, with surgical then precision. We got it. Yeah, you might want to read this next one. I've got one hundred and eleven. Eleven, eleven sats from Signs of New Growth. Yes, first time listening to Rare Encounter. Cold Acid's scientific reply to the humping a washing machine question was delightful. So there, I guess you can get one of these. Good job. <laughs> For being extra clinical when I'm talking about humping a washing machine. <laughs> Yay, oh, me. Man. Yeah. Man, that was an un- Good job. uncomfortable bit, I have to say. Uh, the uh, That was one that I, <laughs> I actually went back and listened to. I don't always listen to the entire show, but I went back and I found that because I was worried that I said something really bad during it. Do you ever have one of those moments where you, you have to go back and listen to the show again just to make sure you didn't incriminate yourself? That was me. No, no. I, when, I, when I do that, it's... It's so I can, I can like replay in my head me incriminating myself. <laughs> well, actually, when you do it, we Enjo- put you, enjoying it. When you do it, we put you at the front of the episode. I think is how it works. <laughs> yeah, usually. <laughs> oh man! So that was Signs of New Growth, and Signs of New Growth has been a great supporter of Ablecraft, and I'm a supporter of Signs of New Growth, and uh, so I I like this little reciprocation. I it, it seems like. They're bleeding from the Ablecraft uh, boostograms into the rare encounter. So I like that little cross-pollination. So that's a lot of fun. And I see, I see one more. You want to take it? Yeah, we got, without a message, we got a row of ducks, 2222 sats from Harv Hat, making him our executive producer for tonight's episode. Well, thank you, Harv Hat. And your ducks. Yeah. <laughs> Those ducks are welcome anytime. Is Harvat? Let me scroll down the chat. Is he in the chat? No, he must be he listening. Is not uh, right now. Must be listening after the recording. Well, he, he's he's got to be he's got to be listening on one of those nude podcasting apps. Yes. Uh, if you 
want to get in the boost at the beginning of the show, you have to get a nude podcasting app and listen to a rare encounter. And if you boost between episodes, then you can get uh, your message read on the show. Just in the segment we just did. And uh, if you want to listen to our show and find out more about that, you have to go to rareencounter.net and you can find uh, our link to our chat room, which is irc.zeronode.net, the room's Rare Encounter. You can also find uh, some email contacts in the stream and you can listen live through there if you want to, if you choose to. Uh, Though listening to a podcast live is a huge responsibility, as I always say. Uh, Yes, you've said that. And if you listen to the show and boost during the show, we read all those at the end. So I think we have the, uh, do you have the, the pews on today, Cold? I do. They should be pewing if people start sending in. All right. The pews are open. It sounds like we're, we're starting a church service. The pews are open and uh, get your messages in. We'll read them. We'll read them at the end of the show. That we will. Right. Well, we had some other fun stuff uh, coming down. I actually watched some anime for once. Wow, you watched anime. I did. Uh, I've been threatening to watch this one, though, so it should be no surprise. Uh, unfortunately, it's not Strike Witches yet. Uh, but no, uh, maybe a year and a half ago, I was talking about a manga I was reading called Spy X Family. Maybe anyone remember that? It was a... Uh, yes, you've mentioned it. It's a fun, kind of a Cold War... Uh, I won't say it's it's not historically accurate or anything. It's like a fictitious Cold War spy versus spy sort of scenario. And they have the greatest spy is traveling to uh, what's essentially, uh, I think it's supposed to be like a Germany, you know. And like they have, this, the city is called Berlint, for example. And everything Berlint. Berlint. It's right next to Berlin. So, so like, yeah. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking like. I'm thinking like what comes out of uh, Hitler's dryer <laughs> is Berlin. Oh dear. So we have uh, the the greatest spy ever, and he's a master of disguise. And he's the first episode was great. It shows basically it follows the manga extremely closely. But anime has always been good at that, where he's uh, gets assigned different missions, and then finally he he uh, he gets the big mission. He's got to go and infiltrate the nation and. Um, find, uh, I can't remember, he's supposed to get close to, to a, his target, and the target only goes to basically the, the school board meetings at this prestigious school, and that's the, uh, the reason that he has to develop a family and get a child admitted into the school so he can get access to the school board, uh, you know, social events. And uh, that's the, the basic plot for the show, but it's a, it's a comedy, you know, it's... Uh, just wacky stuff happening all the time like one of the one of the missions i think the first thing he goes after is they're trying to prove that the the foreign minister wears a toupee and so they have a guy with the secret photos of, of his hair blowing half off and it's uh it's a lot of fun he like he goes to the adoption agency he goes to to get a kid and he's trying to find someone who's smart and the uh you know, the guy who runs the orphanage is just drunk. He goes, oh, well, you want me to pay? Do I have to fill out any forms? He goes, ah, just take the one you want. You know, it's uh, it's very uh, it's very funny the way they present it. It's uh, it's uh, light lighthearted. But there's action in it, too. You know, there's some fight scenes and cool stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. Episode one was out. and it, It's uh, I think episode two is coming out this weekend. So be checking that out and uh seeing if it stays consistent but so far this is a winner you know it's it's got the bad puns it's got everything nice yeah 
So I've been watching, I've been watching a fantasy series that is not an isekai for once. <gasps> they actually created one. Come again? Yeah, there's a, there's a fantasy series this season that is not an isekai show. Okay. And which one is However, this? it does it does have a character who is as annoying as a very infamous uh other how should I put this? Sometimes sometimes you have clerical type characters who are female who are incredibly annoying. You're talking about Minmay, aren't you? No, actually <laughs> I was I was talking about Aqua, who, besides being super annoying, is also completely useless. Uh -huh. Well, the healer in this show isn't completely useless, but she sure acts that way. She's a dark elf named Carla, and she is a uh, very annoying, rotten personality, sharp tongue, uh, pain in the ass huh. little bitch. Knife-eared bastard, as they say. Well, she's a knife-eared bitch. Knife-eared bitch, there you go. Yeah. And so this show is called Kono Healer Mendokasai. In English, don't hurt me, my healer. And yes, this, this girl... I've been reading the manga for this, and yes, this girl is just as annoying as Aqua from Kono Suba. But at least she's actually able to do her job and heal... Uh, the main character, Alvin, the useless knight. Uh, okay. Do Simon and Theodore make an appearance? No. Oh, no. I, I thought Aqua was fine. No. I, I think she's a fun no, character. But there, but there was, there was a female, there was a female, uh, magical beast who was in the first episode. Which was? Well, she was... Beast? Mostly, mostly a bear. Except that she had a she had like a rhinoceros horn on her face, uh, like a chimera kind of thing, huh? Not not really, just uh, just a bear with a rhino horn. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. It tickles me some way. Yeah, it's uh, you should watch this. It, it's it's uh, it's pretty funny. It's you, uh, it's a gag show, really. You've got to sell me on it a bit better than that, though. I mean, it's. So it's got an annoying character, uh, and it's got a bear with a rhino horn. Who's a who's a chick? I guess. Who is who is like the guest, uh, the like guest star for the episode? Okay. No, but the the main character the main characters are Alvin, Carla, and later on this uh, mushroom dude. The, okay, tell me about the mushroom dude. You're speaking my language. Well, he now. hasn't been seen in the anime yet, but uh, in the manga. After he's encountered, he he follows them around. Hmm. Okay. Does he grow and spores or what? how's he a mushroom dude? He he's like he's like a walking talking mushroom. Okay, the walking talking mushroom people. Wasn't what, there? What, what can I what can I say? Wasn't there a song about mushroom people? Uh, was that Disturbed? I'm trying to remember who did that song. Mushroom. There was people, a. Yeah. Uh, there was. Uh, or is a band called Infected Mushroom. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, they play some good yeah. stuff. I've, I've played them on here before. Oh, a System of a Down. System of a Down is what I'm thinking of. <laughs> they had some just random lyric about mushroom people. It, you know, that's a band that's They have all a about... lot of... Okay, System of a Down has a lot of, like, weird random lyrics yeah, in they, songs. Yeah, they had the Kumbacha Mushroom people sitting around all day. 
That was the the chorus. That's the only part of this song I know. Uh, yeah, they had some wacky stuff, though. They had terracotta pie. Hey! That's some good stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. So there's your anime rap, I suppose. Uh, I'm still uh, on the fence about... I'm, I'm thinking about picking up something else. I'm going to wait until maybe two, two uh, three episodes are out, and I'm going to sample it before I decide if it's worthy to bring on the show. I don't want to waste anyone's time with it. But I think there's well, I'm already watching a bunch of other shows as well. Well, you want to bring another like one up? Aharen San, I've been watching because, again, I've been reading the manga, and because it got an anime, I'm, I'm watching that, right? Uh, the let's see, what else? Uh, I'm going through. I'm going through my whole list. I have a whole fucking list here. Yusha Yamemasu, which is which is about a guy who. Seems to be immortal, first of all, and second of all, has been has been essentially exiled from the human realms because everybody's afraid of him being so OP, and so he's ended up uh, offering his services to the Demon Queen. The Demon Queen. Okay, is this a comedy? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, at least it, at least then he has something to do. Is it action? What kind of uh, what kind of so far is? not really not really much for action, and in the manga there's not that much. There are there are points of action that, uh, on honestly, telling it spoils some of the uh, some of the things about the characters. So I don't want to really talk about that. Okay. Of course, I'm also watching some sequels. There's uh, Shield Hero season two. There's uh, there's Science Fell Into Love Season 2. That sounds it sounds close to Seinfeld Into Love, but I thought that's what you said at first. I still haven't I still haven't seen any episodes of Komi-san Season 2 drop, but that's because it's being released by Netflix this time and Netflix is just a pain in the ass to rip from, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, it seems uh, that way. Kaguya-sama season three, that's going on, and I'm watching that, of course, because I've watched the previous two. Um, most of most of the other shows that I have on my list, I haven't seen the first episode of. Uh-oh. But I have seen I have seen episode fourteen of Kyokai Senki, which has resumed airing now. Okay. So uh, that that's continuing along it. It looked like it looked like at first the main character was dead and gone. There was an eight month time skip, and then at the very end of the episode, he reappears, saving one of the other main characters at the very last moment. Mm. Because you know, you got to have that kind of drama, right? It's a mecha. oh no, I'm going to die. Oh, the hero's shown up at the last second and prevented the bad guy from shooting me. Uh-oh. Yay! Ah uh, yes, that's this is a mecha show, right? Yes. So it's gotta have. It's about the pilots, and the uh, the drama. Yes, the the, 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 te- the teen the teenage the teenagers in the giant robots and their teenage drama. I, my favorite's always gonna be in Gundam Wing, just at the, uh, especially in the English dub. It was a lot of fun where they had I think what the hell his name was his name Hero or something the the protagonist from Gundam Wing where. He, infiltrates he's like a terrorist from outer space and he has to go to high school with a normal with a bunch of snooty like rich kids and 
there's like a girl walking around. I can't remember her name now. The the main heroine of the series, and she has like these envelopes with like um, her birthday party invitations inside them, and it's so, you know, out of like a. I don't want to say Jane Austen novel. It's like it's something out of uh, Pride and Prejudice. You know, it's it's, Honestly, it's what it feels like. It's the so only archaic. Thing, the only thing I really know about Gundam Wing is from all the fangirls who were like flocking around Scott McNeil whenever he was at Anime oh North. God. So so she gives the 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 uh, sexy space terrorist boy. Uh, she gives him a, an invitation to her to her the birthday party, and he looks at it and he. Holds up and he tears it in half. He doesn't even open the envelope. He tears it in half and he throws it away. And he says, "If you come, if I, uh, if you get close to me, I'll kill you." <laughs> so it starts. That's like episode one. That's how their relationship begins. It's so like. And and you know and you know especially especially in anime, but in all sorts of other media, that of course. Uh, makes a girl like soaking wet yeah it does by the way that's how it worked in the show sploosh and uh they became the main couple of the show so there's there's your tip if you pick there, up girls, there's your tip there's your tip virgins how to be a chad rip up her invitations and threaten to kill her <laughs> threat to kill you'll her. get all the pussy you want yes so there was that and then the theme song for that show is wicked awesome when it was on cartoon network Back, it was one of those shows that they aired uh, uh, when I was a kid. So one of the anime. Yeah, there, really there was that. Was. There was Sailor Moon. There was Inuyasha, and of course there was Pokemon. Oh yeah, Pokemon. I, Card Captors was catch there. Them all. There was also the yeah, American card, ones. Yeah, Card Captors. They. You know what else was good that was at the time, but it wasn't anime. It was the Jackie Chan Adventures. <laughs> Have you ever seen that one? No, I've heard of it, but I've never <laughs> it's seen a it. Great show where it's starring like cartoon Jackie Chan and his niece. Uh, is it Jade? I think her name was, and she's always Uncle Jackie. <laughs> and they had the no, old. You know, uh, you know what I thought the most ridiculous, the most ridiculous cartoon that I remember from my youth. I forget the name of it, but can you believe Louis Anderson had a animated Saturday morning cartoon series? Where instead instead of being a big fat guy with annoying voice, he was a little fat kid with an annoying voice. No, I never watched this one, but I've, I'm aware of it. You're talking about Life with Louie? Something like that. I forget the name of it. Yeah, I think that's what I was, was more of an eek the cat person, really. <laughs> eek the cat. Oh, man. It's some good stuff. Yeah. Honestly, there were back in the '90s, early mid '90s, there were some really good uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Uh, Batman the Animated Series, X Men. Right? I never watched the X Men one. I, I love the Batman and uh, the Animated Series was good. I'm, that one had you know that's where Harley Quinn came from. <laughs> yeah. Uh, plus, no plus having the uh, having the Danny Elfman music uh, for the theme that was uh, that was pretty good too. I think my favorite Batman, though, I, I'm i not a big comic book guy, you know, uh, I don't follow these things rigorously, but my favorite one was actually Batman Beyond. I thought that was a more original uh, and more interesting show than the other ones that were out there. Than the I Batman only ever Superman saw stuff. that uh, that 90s Batman cartoon, honest, honestly. Oh, you're missing out. Batman Beyond was something else. Well, you're you're missing out for for not having seen X-Men. 
had an awesome theme oh man i remember it's it was one of those things where i had some friends who had like x-men toys and they had the wolverine you know back when wolverine was a yellow guy a yellow guy with yeah a, you know it's uh but you know he's always been canadian he's always been canadian of course you would know that yeah, yeah him him and uh who's the other guy that the Canadian military experimented on and, and became a bad dude. Uh, I have no idea. I didn't know the Canadian military experimented on people and became turned yeah, into bad that's, dudes. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Wolverine's origin essentially, like how he got the adamantium skeleton and claws. Wait was, a uh, was a medical experiment by the Canadian military. Wait a minute. So I. I've seen, like, the X-Men movie, you know, the one with uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I did not notice any Canadian flags when they were he was being experimented on. Okay, you know that, you know that first scene, the, those, in those first few scenes in the, in the first movie where, like, he's, dri he's driving along and he picks up, uh, what's her name, and they're, and they're, like, driving through a valley? Now... You need to know that I watched this movie when it came out uh, when I was a kid, and it was at a drive-in theater, and I might may have fell asleep partway through. So, okay, well, this was this was like early, very early on in the film. Okay, so okay. you wouldn't have been asleep yet. Anyway, that was filmed. That was filmed on Twin Rivers Drive in the Rouge Valley, just on the east end of Toronto. Okay, you get your cinema facts here, Canadian cinema facts. Yeah. Also, uh, there were a bunch of uh, there were a bunch of like uh, uh, the academy scenes shot at uh, shot at the uh, at this mansion in Oshawa that used to be owned by Sam McLaughlin, the guy who started what became General Motors Canadian Division. Hmm. Uh, what's the name of it? Park hill or something like that hold on i gotta open up uh the maps for this <laughs> you gotta go look at consult the maps I, I have to i have to i have to say the name of it right because i mean i mean you i gotta pimp my uh my turf yep this is this is the rules on rare encounter all you have to do is say the name of something and then you're done uh but you do have to say the name of it that's most of yes, our show parkwood estate that's it parkwood at uh, at Simcoe Street and Adelaide Avenue in Oshawa, Ontario. Oshawa, Ontario. Yep. Yeah. So there was actually there was actually a good bit of the production for that first of the X Men live action films in the GTA. Hmm. Yes, the Greater Toronto Area. Hey, are your borders open yet? I don't know. Probably not. Ah, sucks. Oh, well, I'm going to be traveling anyway. I won't be able to make it up there. So we've got a, I already have a trip planned, uh, as we've spoken about on the show before. I'd be going to uh, Sir Spencer, and I'm going to hang out. And I keep looking at this map, you know. I've made this drive before, but it looks like a damn long drive from uh, basically Columbus, Ohio to Kansas City, Missouri. And it's going to be a long one, you know. But uh, I'm going to do it, and uh, we'll be at the Bitcoin Block Party on Sunday uh, April 24. So I have a little booth there. I've got, I've told you about the coasters, right? I've got the quote yeah. for those. I need to, I've been back and forth with the guy on the art on it. 
Um, he gave me the new DPI and the uh, the uh, the standard that he needs to uh, to print it right. So right after the show, I have to go revise some stuff and send it off to him uh, so I can get everything in time. But there'll be oh, some... apparently apparently Parkwood was also used for some scenes in Billy Madison. <laughs> really? Today I learned. Really? I thought Adam Sandler yeah. mostly filmed uh, all his backward scenes in uh, New England. You know, like if he apparently had a scene he filmed some up here too. Interesting. Ah, uh, well, he's a he's a associated with New Hampshire kind of actor, so there's a lot of people who liked him there. He has a lot of references to New Hampshire stuff in his movies too, especially if he's involved with it. Like there's restaurants, like local restaurants, where he has, you know, in the I can't remember the names of the movies he did this, but they have like Red Arrow Diner um, mugs and cups and stuff and uh like they'll go to it it'll be a set like a hollywood set but it'll bring on like the uh the real stuff the good stuff you know the uh either it's the right flatware but or you know red arrow has these mugs that have their name on it you know that they've they sell at the restaurant and they're kind of famous you know so uh he'll do stuff like have those in movies is mm -hmm. my little new hampshire uh, movie lore also they filmed <laughs> you know what there's only a couple of things they filmed in New Hampshire, and one of them was Jumanji, the nice. Rob, with Robin Williams. The original that, one, yeah, and nice. That was filmed mostly in Keene, New Hampshire, including the supermarket where the monkeys run wild. You know, the poorly animated CG monkeys. Uh, it was a uh, grocery <laughs> store in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, hey, so at the time, at the time, those were some pretty good-looking monkeys. Oh, yeah, I'll say at the time I was watching Jumanji on VHS and I didn't know what good CG looked like. Uh, yeah, so. well, back then nobody did. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long progression, um, which kind of brings us to a story. Uh, where did I put it in here? I had a, a note about Doom, <laughs> a Doom upgrade with ray tracing. Uh, yeah, here it is. The uh, it's a video and I didn't take clips for it. But I can put it in the show notes. It, it's boring. I listen. You watch the video. It's kind of boring. Yeah, let's not play it. Uh, you couldn't yeah. hear that, but I, I forgot to mute my tab here. And it's basically like comparisons of Doom, um, you know, the game where with the original lighting and then a new lighting model uh, programmed into it. So here's something interesting about uh, about that is that Wolfenstein 3D used ray tracing and then and then for doom a whole different uh, a whole different way of determining what should be drawn built around uh, binary space partitions was used because it was actually more effective not more effective it was more efficient for same or better quality graphics at the time like on uh on a VGA screen. Yeah. There's been a lot of progress. I mean, I I feel like I've done the thing about Quake and uh, uh, the uh, id software. You know, they had their uh, really cool algorithm for computing normal vectors extremely fast. Or uh, what was it? It was making unit vectors really fast using this inverse square root kind of hacky thing. It's kind of a famous algorithm. Well, the inverse square root was uh, was later. That was Quake or Quake 2 yeah. where that came into play. Fast inverse square root, I think, was the name of it. Or yes, maybe it was fast quick, inverse quick square root, which, uh, apparent, which apparently was not an original creation of John Carmack. He just came by it himself, uh, essentially, originally. Yeah. 
And but it had already been had it already been determined, figured out, and I believe even patented. They had a lot of hacky stuff they had to do back when it took so many ticks to do a division in Floating Point. <laughs> you know, you had to save those somehow. Nowadays, it's I think it's one tick to do any of the operations. It doesn't take any longer to do a to do a division than it does a multiplication. Well, I think Doom Doom actually used sixteen point sixteen fixed point numbers. Mm. Is how is how it did it. The um. I don't know. The bottom line is. Oh, if it was you Quake Three, not Quake, not Quake or Quake Two. It was Quake Three Arena, <laughs> where uh, where Fast Inverse Square Root came in. Yeah. So the reason I put this in uh, the show notes is because I wanted to take a second and nerd out for uh, on uh, lighting simulations inside video games. So we have Quake with its original some kind of. Uh, some kind of system for lighting. Uh, it's not, obviously, it's not modeled on the physical world. It's modeled on something that's going to look good on a screen. Um, and that's kind of the way that a lot of lighting models are developed for games. It's not... Yeah, it's a, it's essentially in, an area is just like, you you just have like this ambient light effect for for this space. And anything that looks like a light is just like some sort of like, glowy looking texture it's just a, it's it's just a texture it's not actually emitting a light source but because it's using like white or off-white pixels it looks like a light yeah so they had the the ray tracing though goes way back i mean people were tracing rays way before computers and that was one of the ways you could try and figure out where light was going to go you know if you go back to uh, like the 1800s it's it's a valid technique for physical optics uh where what you do is you have a light source and then you kind of draw rays to uh in in all these different directions and then you compute the angle of incidence off from every surface and the uh which gives you um by the law of reflection gives you the angle that's reflected off from then you just keep drawing them and if you do everything right and you keep track of how long every ray is then you can add them up and find out how much light got to any particular surface. And if you really keep track of how long they are, you can actually do coherent little studies because what happens is um, rays that arrive at slightly different lengths uh, will uh, will interfere with each other. And now, that, that doesn't get simulated in the computer uh, video games, but it's something that they've done for a long time. I think that's the main difference between uh, some of these is they just kind of take the the magnitude of light and they they count you know how much is getting to every surface on ray tracing do i have something for you what do you got for ray tracing <clears throat> apparently uh there is a there is a ray tracer that fits on the back of a business card okay i uh, it's a it's a c program and it renders it renders a flat texture and a bunch of mirrored balls that spell out the initials of the creator, <laughs> and and it has like it has like soft shadows and everything. Oh, cool! You should check this out. Yeah, I like those fancy uh, the the kind of the uh, hacky business cards. There you go. Okay, so it's got some mirror balls. So he's using match math .h card. Oh, it's all obfuscated because they took out all the spaces so it would fit on there. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, there you go. And now there's another there's another interesting thing as well, path tracer. 
which is uh, apparently very similar. And there is a uh, there is a flyer from Pixar where the which was covered in code. And if you put that in and ran it, it would generate uh, Pixar letters in 3D inside a room with lights shining through from above. Ah, it's another one of these. Yeah, I can see what they're doing. So it has... A, um, I'm just looking at the first one where he has... Uh, oh, jeez. It's so hard to see. They, I like this. You have to see. The well, tracer you have to, bit is only a couple lines. This. Yeah, because they have the commented code next to the uncommented one, so you can't look at the business card and tell what it's supposed to do, right? But if you look at this website, yeah. it shows you everything with comments, and it says, okay, so we're going to have a vector, and it's going to have some operations, and so they define vector And it shows, math, you, you know? it shows you how this one is done. It's done with uh, CSG. That's cool. Constructive solid geometry for, for those who don't know. And essentially, it means you're carving void out of the space. Like, uh... And uh, essentially, the edge the edge of space and void is where you have, like, things show up. It's a source... If you have your mapping and source engine, it's what they use. Like, if you use Hammer, I think was... <laughs> was that what they had, they had for Half-Life? Was it still Hammer back then? Um, it was that... No, originally it, it, originally it had a different name. They had actually... They had actually bought the rights for it from the original developers who created it for doing uh, Quake levels. Hmm. Yeah, it's like, <sighs> trying to remember what the original name of it was. It's kind of a classic video game uh, thing. That's what I always associate with is like maps in like Counter Strike. Worldcraft. What was it? Worldcraft. 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 And yeah, if you had, uh, if you bought like. Half-Life on on CD back in the day, right? There was a Worldcraft installer in there that was uh, that would install it all pre-configured for doing Half-Life maps. Ah, uh, yeah. I miss those days, man. When you had a good old, uh, like a full-featured map editor. And it seemed like there was an era where that was included in most games that came out, some some built-in mapping capability or modding capability. And then there was an era where that went away. And now it's like there's mapping exists, but you kind of have to be... Um, like, they, they want to keep control of it. You know, you can't just make a map that's like a picture of a dick. You can't have naked Kerrigan anymore. You know, they don't want you to play those maps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, you know, you know what the... You know, you know where that all ended up with, too? The no. uh, the click the click to build thing that was in the 2016 Doom game. Click to build. What was it called? I actually made a couple of maps for it too. Good. I I think there's a lot of value in some of that stuff, especially like people like Mario Maker, and there was a there was even a sequel to it, like Mario Maker too. There's some like wild stuff people came up with that, and that's a game that's basically just a map maker map editor for Mario, uh, and uh, where it gives yeah. you all the blocks and it's just some cool stuff that that people have done with that. So they made it easy to share too. If I remember right, all you needed was a string that told you the the identity of the map, um, and it might have even snap been snap map. Snap map. What's a snap map? Snap map. That's what it. That's what it's called. Uh, what? How you would make the maps for Doom 2016 that you could play online with others? Hey man, all I need is those wads. I just need a Doom wad, man. 
No snap map. Kids in they the don't damn do snap wads maps. anymore. I do wads. Don't yeah, you do I'm wads? I'm sure you do. <laughs> hey, you do it. Hey, man, you got any wads? I got all the wads. It's like, Check them out. It's fucking wads. I'm gonna play some do wads. Oh man, so what were we I talking my about? Wads, I gonna, man. <laughs> I was gonna talk about triangle shading. I don't know. It seems like a bad idea now. I was gonna roll it out, but uh, I don't know if anyone's interested in that. I was gonna talk about fong shading <laughs> and uh, and uh, some of the other algorithms. You know, you know what? All all these years later, and fong shading still sounds uh, still sounds like something perverted. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna shade my fong. Yeah, I'm gonna go fong shading, man. No flat shading here. Fong shading all the way. What was the other one? The inter. What was? Uh, it was before fong. Uh, there was another one. It was called like Jaren or something. I. It's don't the one remember that didn't the name, inter- but I know it was the ugly version of. I fong know what you're shading. talking about. What the about. hell was it called now? Um, it was an improvement on. Da, 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 da. I'm sure Wikipedia will tell me. Um. Gorand. Gorand shading? Gorand shading, yes. Gorod. Where it, Gorod uh, shading. It looks like shit on low-poly models, but it was efficient for the time, so... Yes. Named after Henry Gorod. Yeah. So the idea behind this stuff is, well, 3D models are made out of triangles, as we all know, and that's... Uh, so inside a 3D data file, one that holds the model shape, it has... Um, the okay, I I have to correct you on that. They are not necessarily made out of triangles. Now, when you're using when you're using typical 3D uh, APIs, yes, you have triangles and you have uh, and you have uh, quadrangles, right? But if you're using if you're using like something something like ray tracing and and constructive solid geometry, you can actually have you can actually have like proper uh, curved surfaces. You can have you can have actual spheres. You can have uh, toruses and cylinders because at that point everything is just like a, a purely mathematical construction rather than trying to piece things together from discrete points in a 3d space so i could, if you sample the mathematical function eventually it gets triangulated even if it's just at the shader level like eventually because, it has a surface. because that is because that is the that is the sort of 3d api that we have built into yeah. our graphics card hardware thanks to the various apis that actually came out that didn't rely on ray tracing and path tracing again again you know how you know how you represent you know how you represent a sphere in csg environment where you're doing the rendering with ray tracing point radius you have your 3d point and you have a radius Mm -hmm. and if the if the light hits that radius at like the sphere defined by that point in radius then you know it's either the ray is either terminating there or it's bouncing based on the material. Yep. Um, if you were to have a game engine that operated on triangles, uh, then you might find it runs. Which most fast. do Which because that's what uh, that's what we're that's what we have and expected. 
It turns out you can do all of the computations to render a triangle faster than you can do a lot of these other things. Um, and so models tend to be made out of just a bunch of scale triangles of kind of different shapes and scales that are just attached to each other. And so if you get a 3D data file in one of these systems and you actually look at it, what it, it'll give you is the locations of all the ver of three vertices in the triangle, and then it might give you the uh, a normal vector, which is tells you which side uh, the, of the triangle is solid and which side is basically which side's the front and which side's the back. Honestly, you don't even need to have that so long as you have defined like oh, is, is right. the front is the face based on going through the vertices clockwise, clockwise or counterclockwise. Yeah, I, you're right. right. So you, you don't even need that, and you can and you can calculate the surface normal based off of those vertices as well. So not only do you know which side you're going to render, you also know like if if something like for lighting, hits it at a particular at a particular angle. At what angle you'd be reflecting it back at? Right. Um, some files do have that, though. I'm I'm blanking on. But one of the yes. triangle file data files I I prefer uh, has and other uh, and that. others have uh, others have like UV or RGB coordinates as well. Oh yeah, so that it, color. So yeah. that yeah, because I mean with a one of the neat things with OpenGL, for example, is you can actually create a triangle where each where each vertices, each vertex has its own color, and it they blend as uh, as you get towards the center of the triangle. Yeah, that's sort of the method for Fong shading. Uh, one of the things that it's trying to do correctly is draw the specular highlights. So if you had a you know if you had a shiny apple and you're holding it out in the sun, you know it has this bright spot where you see the reflection of the sun in the apple. And if you were to look at it, uh, an image of it, it looks like a little white spot on maybe on the top uh, side of it. And uh, finding out where that spot should be is of interest for people who want to draw realistic looking graphics. And so, yeah, guys who or, and gals who are making 3D graphics uh, engines want to be able to have a scene with some lights in it and then put a piece of glossy material inside, uh, you know, like a, a model and give it a, some properties that make it so it would look like it's glossy and then render it properly. And so how do you do that? And these, the Fong shading model is the, uh, is I think the current preferred way to do it where you, in the old way, when you had flat shading, every single triangle only has one, um, let's say it, it only receives light. It's, it's flat shaded. And so it only has one normal, which in the whole triangle is illuminated. Like it's a, flat piece of material but well, at that at that point with a flat shading model normal isn't even important in terms of color because it just doesn't apply the it's just it's just this particular this particular triangle or quad is this color all through it well if you put a light in the room uh if the triangle is pointed uh, in a way that's it's picking up more of the light, then you can draw it a little brighter if you build your engine right. Or if it's pointing away from the light, you can make so you can have you know you're looking at the apple, the lights on the left side. You can make the left side look bright and the the right side look dark by knowing the relationship by, between by using a whole bunch of triangles in the mesh for the apple and each of them with its own color based on yep. uh, 
yeah. what you're looking to, to but do the each, computation. But each individual, the thing is, in that, in a flat shading model, each individual triangle has its own flat color. There's There's not like... There's not like these other shading models where where it could be like different colors within the same within the same like uh triangle. Mm. Yeah, it won't interpret. And then all of this all of this also doesn't take into account uh other things like uh like normal maps where you can actually you can actually define similar to a texture the uh, the actual normals for each point on the on the triangle, not just at the vertices. Yeah. So if you only, so let me take a step back. Um, the reason that you need to know the normal vector of the triangle is because that's how you compute the amount of light that's reflected f towards the camera. So you have a light source, yes. you have the triangle, and you have the camera position. And so you need to know what angle is incident on the triangle and what angle the camera is at, so you can find out how much is actually how much how much to shade the triangle, so how bright should the triangle be drawn. And what uh, the, the more advanced models do is they say, hey, you know, why is a triangle one complete color? You know, I kind of know because I know what the adjacent triangles are. I could interpolate and say, hey, what if my normal vector is actually continuously changing from where it was before to where it is now and to where it's going? And uh, it, it does this cool little um, trick where even though the model is actually made of all these facets, you know, it's made of triangular facets or square facets, it doesn't matter, that it, it has the appearance that it's smooth because the, uh, well, because of the way it interpolates the normal vectors. And that was Fong shading for you. And uh, yeah, you can do color with it too. Yep. And That's then, but the, the, problem with, the problem with just going with like that Fong shading like that is that then... Everybody looks like they're like they're in latex, and your whole and that's a that's a problem I've seen with with a lot of the games uh, in the late nineties when they were still working out a lot of this stuff, and they didn't have they didn't have things like normal maps as a regular thing where they could like set a bunch of like normals that would cause things to look more matte. Every everyone and everything was like this glossy fetish object. <laughs> what kind of games were you playing in the nineties? What, what which ones had this problem? Because I can't think of any. The games I can think of are like Total Annihilation. Like, and they didn't have fog shading. A, you don't like? I, I saw it in a lot of uh, a lot of like uh, shooters that were made by smaller teams. Okay. And well, actually, a lot of three D games by smaller teams. If you had a huge budget for the time, you probably had better artists and uh, and better programmers who would and better map designers who would make sure that you wouldn't have like these sort of lighting situations occur. Yeah. Well, it's crazy how you know, in just uh, what's it been a couple decades, they really sorted that shit out from having a bunch of different ways to draw and uh, kind of standardized on one, optimized all the hardware for it. Now we get stuff that's photorealistic or pretty damn close to it uh, on the reg, you know. I'm looking at pictures of StarCraft Two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's the cinematic from StarCraft One. Actually, yeah, it, was, some... it was actually something that was kind of noticeable a lot as well with uh, 
Covenant forces in the early Halo games. They were very shiny. Oh, yeah. Um, like a Halo 1 Elites, you, may, you mean? With the pink, ar- oh. especially if they had the gold armor or whatever. All, yeah, all the Elites. Um, Those are all juicy, the, man. All the Covenant vessels. That's just the lube, man. That's how they get them in the dropship. The Covenant oh, yeah, vessels. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. We got some other stuff to talk about, and we're already like at about an hour. So oh, I think God. I need to. I think I need to hit us with a certain something to get us in the mood. But we need a few good taters. It's potato news on rare encounter. Potatoes. Well, the carnage continues. We've had two, two stories. Yeah. Uh, the first one was about a uh, disaster at a potato factory, a potato processing plant on the West Coast. And then we brought you a story about a disaster at a potato processing factory on the East Coast of the U.S. And now we have uh, a near disaster. Well, an exploding d- d- potato, <laughs> exploding potato. It wasn't even it wasn't even near disaster. Well, this one was. And from, it wouldn't have exploded anyways. It was. It was a training potato. It was a training potato. <laughs> hey, you know, cold acid. You know what my favorite movie is? My favorite war movie. Training potato. What? Training potato. Saving Private Potato. Training potato. <laughs> okay, never mind. We'll move on. Saving Potato Ryan. Saving Potato Ryan. Yeah, there you go. Um. Training Day was not about a war, was it? Uh, hold on. I got these mixed up. For some reason, I got my movies confused. All right, disregard that. It was about that. boot camp, wasn't it? That's why I would think... Tra- no, it wasn't. Uh, I was thinking of a different movie, so never mind. Auckland uh, has a potato facility. Uh, they call it a potato factory in this uh, news story. And as it's they were... It's a chip factory. They make, they, make, they make chips. You know, the... the, the the English chips, not not potato chips like, you know, I'll take a potato chip and eat it. I'll take a potato chip and eat it. But rather what we call French fries. French fries. And as the potatoes were going into the French yes. fries machine, uh, there's a there's a uh, mechanism which is looking for rocks and other things that aren't potatoes and rejecting them. And uh, if I understand the story properly, that that system was kind of working and it rejected it so that this uh, object, which was uh, dug up alongside the potatoes, did not make it into the, uh, the fry cutting machine. Uh, but some workers at the factory noticed that which it is didn't... good for the fry cutting machine because cutting metal is with metal does not usually turn out very so well. I've been bearing the lead here. What was actually uh, found was a hand grenade. Yeah, a training grenade, but it's still a grenade. So they had to call the bomb squad. They almost had, uh, it could have been, you know, if it was a live grenade, you know, uh, maybe those potatoes, uh, I don't know, they'd be waging war on us. I don't know. Is that what's the, going spu- on? the spuds would have been blown sp- sky high. The spuds are united against Big Potato, I think. No, wait. The They thought it was an unusually shaped rock, but then upon realizing it was a grenade called the bomb squad. And uh, I don't think they detonated it. They found out, yes, uh, it was a inert training grenade. 
that was just somehow buried inside the uh, the field. They were growing potatoes. Well, apparently, so. apparently there had been uh, training camps in the area where where the potato field was back in back in the uh, days of the World Wars, and so of course, I mean. Sometimes, sometimes your training ordinance does get lost. Yeah, we had. And, uh, well, it ended. It ended up playing potato for a number of decades. There's a playing potato. There you go. There's. Have you ever been to one of these live fire uh, training areas where they, you know, they warn you when you get there? Yeah, if you see anything, don't touch it. I did that. I was. Uh, no, the the close the closest I've been was uh was the firing ranges at cfb borden back when i was in army cadets ah. and we were going there to practice with 22s mm -hmm. tell me more wait a minute at, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know at you were our, in this at our core where where core met yeah where our core met was behind uh royal canadian legion hall and so if we were going to be doing any sort of like target practice it was just with uh, air rifles mm. right so it was just like you know the little co2 cartridge and a little a little lead pellet or ball and that was it then we would occasionally have the opportunity to go do field craft or do uh or do like proper like firearms training on a range where we would get to use the uh, lee enfield 22s nice well, I didn't know yeah. you were into this stuff. 93 oh, yeah. episodes. I never knew that. Yeah, I loved it. We actually there was one time where we ended up going on an overnight uh because because of the timing. So we went up we went up on Friday after after everybody was done school, we'd meet up at the at the Legion, pile onto a school bus, and we stayed in barracks at Borden and the next morning went up up onto somewhere somewhere in Gray or on the Bruce Peninsula to do uh to do abseiling. Nice. Wow, I was in uh um, yeah. I was in Boy Scouts. You know, it's uh so I got to do stuff kinda like that. But Yeah, uh, Boy Boy Scout Boy Scouts Yeah, Boy Scouts to us were pussies. Oh, I see. They didn't get. They didn't use firearms. They didn't march. Oh bullshit! They didn't have to keep. They didn't. I was at. That's. We were. They at, didn't have. They didn't have to do twenty, thirty push-ups at a time if uh, if somebody else in the group farted. <laughs> what? Well, that's a weird one. Uh, the uh, troop I was in, we had a ton of firearms, man. That's where I uh, got most of my shooting in when I was a kid. Uh, shotgun, and actually the, the funnest, we had the 22s, obviously. If you're in Boy Scouts, you want to shoot the 22s. Uh, well, probably uh, Canadian, probably Canadian Scouts are, are a bit different from American Scouts. We had, uh, skeet shooting was oh, pretty yeah, freaking we, cool, you know? But my favorite one was like, always archery. In, in Army Cadets, What's in Army Cadets, we looked down on Air Cadets and on the, uh, on the Navy Sea Cadets, right? Navy League and Sea Cadets. But even, but even like, even they look down as well as us on the scouts. Ah, oh, well, that's too Scout, bad. Scouts was where Scouts was where you went to, like, like you know, 
fiddle with fiddle with bits of wood to make like a to make like a stick dolly. For for those for those of us who like who were kids with balls, we went into we went into cadets. I just I think you have a skewed uh, idea of what went on to the Boy Scouts. You know, it was all, we had the uh, yeah you know, so, sewing for, sewing sewing for badges. Yeah, I think you. We knew. had actual military uniforms. We had we had like actual military training, like the, oh, di- really? the different sure. training manuals. The different training manuals for cadets were essentially boiled down from the actual military training manuals that were used for uh, that were used for Canadian forces going through going through like. Uh, basic and non-commissioned officer training. So it wasn't just like it wasn't just like you know the the basics of like here's how to drill, here's how to here's how to orient yourself with a map and a compass, but also like all the leadership stuff. Um, I wish I still had my cadet manuals. I'm just astounded that you're listing all the things that we do in boy scouts or did in boy scouts and then saying that uh that uh oh well they did it's it's like everything you just listed was stuff that uh that happened down there again american boy scouts are probably more like uh are probably more like the, the military cadets here than uh than the canadian boy scouts ah yeah i can't i can't speak to how scouting is in the states well, you know, it's it's one of those. Depending on where you are, there's a different experience. Uh, some some of them are kind of like uh, daycare. I mean, centers, I've, heard, you know? I've heard things. I've heard things as well. Like, I've heard things as well about like the the scouting equivalents in Finland and other parts of Eastern Europe, and you get you get like sniper training and shit there if you're if you're a scout, right? So it's like. It's like some places are a lot more fucking hardcore than others, and Canada, being the sort of nation it is, uh, we see like those of us who are in cadets at least see the Canadian scouts as pussies. Uh huh. Well, at least we're or not. At the- least, or at least we did back in back in the nineties when I was in cadets. At least we're not in the cookie cult like the Girl Scouts. No, I. One of my ex-girlfriends was. Uh, was a Girl Scout, and her mother was a uh, was like a Scout administrator for Girl Scouts. Was she in the cookie cult? I could definitely get all the Girl Scout cookies I wanted. <laughs> it's been described as that by uh, my sister was in it. She did not like it. Uh, it yeah, funny, I, I've know. heard I've heard the cookie cult thing too. It is the uh, well, the boys all go do all the fun stuff, and you go and uh, shoot guns and go survive in the woods without any st- supplies, you know. And, uh, then you go to, and you know, the orienteering and, uh, there's a the stupid merit badge for everything these days, but we the, actually uh, got, we actually got to do some, uh, some like group orienteering and, uh, no, uh, weaponless, I guess you could say wargaming <laughs> when I was in cadets as well with various other cadet corps from across the province including one that my cousins belonged to at the time so that was that was pretty cool what about getting uh, to see getting to see my cousins there in the in the forest at base borden do you ever do paintball 
I've done paintball, not as part of, never did it as part of cadets, did paintball uh, a few times as, like, get together with friends, go to a paintball place. Yeah, it depends. Airsoft, Airsoft was, uh, I'm more familiar with, because that you don't, you don't have to worry about, like, wearing shit you can get soaked in paint and all of that. <laughs> All you need, all you need, is like, is like a couple of bottles worth of pellets and your airsoft gun, and you go out in the woods with your friends and just shoot the and fuck shoot out of each other. I'm just remembering, you know, we had a, a guy in our group. Uh, his name was Andrew, and uh, he wore a uh, what is it? A um, a wetsuit to paintball. I think it was on a dare or something where he was joking, yeah, we're going to do this. I'm not going to wear any protection. We're going to wear a wetsuit without a cup. That was <laughs> his, his shtick. Oh, and, no. And you you say something bad. like that, and you know where everybody's going to fucking aim. And so we got in, we got to the uh, the paintball thing. I think a, I think it was Canopy Paintball. I can't remember what. It's closed down, I think. And uh, this is a long time ago. We, we were playing all these different courses and in unless you bring enough people to you know have a complete match then they match you up with whatever you know the pool of the other people hanging around the paintball course that day are yeah and, whatever whatever other idiots are are hanging around oh my doing god nothing. we got paired up with like the paramilitary like it was marines who were off for for uh on leave oh, they were hang- or retired guys they were fucking serious about everything and so they had oh yeah they the would be ex- marines would be we're a bunch of like teenagers right and they're full-grown men who have the like the most expensive you know high caliber paintball gear they they're the what we think was happening was they went over they make you test the speed the uh the muzzle velocity of your thing uh because there's a limit right if you set it too high you know that's not allowed at the course so you can't bruise people we think well what they do is they they test it there and then on the way away from the radar they turn it back up a, a notch uh because oh my god and anyway, uh, because because without guy. without that uh, without that threat of injury, it's not it's not actually fun. This poor guy for, for those times. You know, <laughs> he's wearing literally a wetsuit. <laughs> his paintball gun and a mask. It was a wetsuit and a mask, and we're playing capture the flag with these guys. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. You'd hear him scream from across the. Uh, <laughs> you'd hear him scream from across the course. Oh my god, I still feel bad for him. Man down! Man down! Exactly. Medic! Medic! <laughs> he got paintballed in the dick! <laughs> God. And airsoft. We used to, I used to do airsoft, too. Uh, I just remember playing at a friend's house, and we did CTF, but they had bees. They had, like, beehives, you know? This, uh, bees? Like beehives. Oh. Like honeybees. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's somewhat yeah, not not flag. not like the air not like the airsoft guns shoot bees at you, <laughs> you know, like no. the dogs with the bees in their mouth, so that when they bite you, they shoot bees at you. It's not pay- the Phantom Pain from Metal Gears. <laughs> no, they just had beehives. <laughs> they just had beehives, and they put the fucking flag by the beehive, and so to get the flag, you had to get covered in bees. It was terrible. That's what I remember about Not the bees! Not the bees! Oh god, I wish I had that clip right now. (laughs) Not the bees! Not the bees! (laughs) It's fucking Metal Gear Solid 3 in here. We don't have enough enough Nick Cage on this show. Oh my god, I think I've got some beehive sounds. Let's get the bees on the podcast. Here we go. There's the bees! (laughs) 
All right. I think the bees are a sign that we need to close the show. Hold on, hold on. Right. We got, oh, we, we got, got some things to do we before, gotta, we before gotta we close the show. We gotta wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, we gotta wrap, the, we gotta wrap this shit up. All right. So, uh, Cause we got, we got a few, we got a, we got a bunch of boosts that have come in during, uh, during this episode. Yeah. In fact, they all came in from the same person. I don't have it open. You have to tell me who it is. Uh, I, I will. It's just, it's just. I'm, I'm a little worried about getting stunned. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll turn the bees down. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Thank you. All right. <laughs> so we got four different boosts from Boostbury. Yes, Boostbury. Oh, five now. <laughs> five boosts for Boostbury. Five boosts from Booberry. Mothman and the Mini Apocalypse. Yep, first one coming in at 1369 sats, and he said, When I say, I'm going to suck that sat pie right out of you, what comes to mind? I don't know. Nothing comes to mind. I have, other than, oh shit, like, what the hell does that mean? I imagine, Do I even want to know? I imagine, like, a, a, uh, those McDonald's apple pies, because they come, in, they come in like a Hot Pockets foil, and it's sort of like a straw. That's what I'm imagining. Okay. I hate the I hate those. It's fucking. I used to love them as a kid, but even then, it's like you bite into them. It's like your mouth is full of fucking lava. Yeah, there's no there's no apple in it anyway. It's like puree. It's not like yeah. apples in the pie. You know, it's it's uh, apple flavored goop. Yeah, it's inside. Goop. Yeah. So second one, second one from Booberry again, thirteen sixty nine sats. He says, heavy arms and death scythe for the fucking win. Yeah, death scythe was my man in the uh, the game. Uh, the gun- Those are Gundams. <laughs> and uh, death scythe, I think, was my favorite character to play in, was it the Super Nintendo Gundam fighter game? It was fucking great. Heavy arms, I don't know, heavy arms. I don't know, are- I, was a, I was a Sega guy. Maybe heavy arms. Heavy arms, I think, was good in the game, but the uh, the anime. I think it was played by a prissy, like, uh, rich kid, and I thought he was annoying. Death Sight's fucking awesome, though. I'll give you that. Okay, every every Gundam series has an annoying pilot. Yes. I mean, look at uh, even the original. Look at Amuro. How many times did he need to get bitch slapped, <laughs> or at least deserved to get bitch slapped, um, even when he wasn't? And yet we couldn't make a joke about Minmay at the beginning of the show. And now we're on Mecha anime. <laughs> All right. We got we got three we got three more from Booberry. Each of them is 666 sats. And I'll just go through each of the messages. First, smoke this PCP. I know you like to get wet, dog. Is this in reference Next. to something we said on the show? It, I, I don't I, even know. I I, that might on. have been an accidental boost to another show that somehow went to us. I, I'm genuinely confused. Smoke this PCP. <laughs> I know you like to get wet, dog. What is he talking about? I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe this next one's a clue. What's the next one say? Maybe this next one is a clue. This next one is, being a cadet sounds cool, but do it in 18th century garb with muskets and wool coats. This six-pounder cannon ain't gonna pull itself now. <laughs> you ever Honestly, shot a- you know what? That would have been fucking cool, getting to shoot a cannon. Cannon. Have you ever shot a musket? We never got to do that in cadets. Ah, well, we did in Boy Scouts. 
I, I've shot some. Uh, oh, son of a bitch! Black powder. Then again, you know muskets. what? You know what? My my cadet corps was was associated with the rifle regiment, the Queen's Own Rifles of uh, Canada. Oh, okay. Now, if I was if I was if I had been in a corps that was associated with like the Royal Canadian Artillery, then maybe I would have gotten to like shoot howitzers at Borden or something, <laughs> which would have been pretty fucking cool. The, I've got a, I've got a tip for people. If you're shooting, um, if you're shooting some of these black powder loaded, uh, firearms, uh, go first, be at the front of the line because you, that's the only chance you have at hitting anything is if you're the first one to shoot, especially if you're in a group, because, because, the because person, afterwards there's because, not going to be anything left to shoot. No, because it makes so much damn smoke. You won't see the target. Oh, that too. <laughs> they put out so many, so much fumes, you won't be able to see anything after the first trigger's pulled. So shoot first. Ask questions later. Good advice. <laughs> yes. And finally, yeah, finally, the last message from Booberry. Our field commander from when I was involved with 18th century reenacting now owns a ferret armored car. A ferret armored car? I don't know what that is. I Neither do I. I've got to go look it up. Is it a like Same a road here? Oh, there you go. Wait a minute. That's cool. It's like a yeah, little mini tank looks... thing. Yeah. That's well. That's something. Ferret armored car. I wonder. Wait. Uh, is this a modern thing or is this something from the eighties? It kind of looks like something from the eighties. Service history in service nineteen fifty two to nineteen ninety one. Crazy. Main armament. 7.62 by 51 millimeter NAPO general purpose machine gun, if fitted. Uh, 30 cal M 1919 Browning machine gun. Jeez. Well, I sounds, mean, don't... sounds like it would be fun to drive around. Honestly, uh, don't fuck with that guy. I I would treat it kind of like a beehive. You don't want to get too close. Yeah. Uh oh, I think they're coming back. I think uh, we have the to... bees are back. I think we got to make an exit here. You know, you know, you know what I think. You know what I think with those bees. They're trying to fuck with us. They are. Well, uh, I'm gonna be staying safe from the bees here uh, <laughs> until next time. Uh, oh, great! There's one just landed on me. All right, Ooh. I gotta go. I gotta go. Until next time, I'm Abel Kirby. I'm Cold Acid. Oh God! Here we go. Stay free. Stay free, boys. <laughs> What you lay down on the inside, or had a good one.